Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome in to a Monday episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj Kalia. It is November 1st, 2021. Hope everybody had a good weekend, a nice Halloween. We're already November. Time is just uh, really flying by. Obviously getting a little more colder out there, so we're all staying warm. Uh, so much to get into. Obviously, uh, a lot took place on week 8, NFL Sunday. So a lot to dive into, break down, talk about. Um, you know, I'll get into it, and uh, you know, we'll definitely see. Um, you know, a lot of different things kind of transpire. I mean, obviously, the NFL trade deadline is approaching. Obviously, there won't be as many as deals. We've already seen quite a bit of deals already take place. Um, but you know, things are kind of heating up. You're kind of seeing some teams kind of. Uh, get back into the pitch in playoff picture. Other teams are kind of falling out of the playoff picture. So there's so much to get into and what it means uh, as the season kind of rolls on. So let's kick off with a couple of the games that happened the early day of um, Sunday. Uh, you had the Carolina Panthers, you know, finally snap their uh, four-game losing streak. Get back to four and four with a 19 to 13 win over the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know, I feel like the Atlanta Falcons were in a good position heading into this game. Obviously, they had strung together a couple of wins in a row. Um, but you know, it's one of those games in which Matt Ryan, this offense, you know, they weren't as good as they should have been. You know, obviously there were some matchups that they couldn't take advantage of. Uh, obviously, Matt Ryan did have a couple of things kind of go on. You know, he was obviously pressured and sacked quite a bit in this game. I mean, give the Panthers defense credit. They were a huge reason why the Panthers won this game, as they were able to really do a good job when needed to make stops. Um, you know, kind of stayed in the game, you know. But Atlanta obviously had a couple of opportunities, you know. They, they had a chance to put away the Panthers early in this game. They kind of let them hang around. Um, let them kind of hang around. It was a missed field goal by, you know, by the Falcons. And then, you know, there was also two interceptions in Panthers territory for this offense. So, you look at that. I mean, there are points to be had for the Atlanta Falcons in this one. They just kind of missed the boat on those ones, you know. So, I mean, it does happen. But you feel like they were kind of turning the corner, right? They were kind of winning a couple of games and they won that one again against Miami late um, last week but this one uh, they, you know they didn't really do as well as an offense in Panthers territory as for the Carolina Panthers I mean Sam Darnold didn't have to do much he didn't um, you know I think he played mostly a turnover free game for the most part obviously he just did what he had, he had to do you know what needed to be done you know he didn't obviously press the ball in a lot of situations uh, they kind of rely on that running game with Hubbard. Um, but the defense, you know, really made some big plays. I mean, Stephon Gilmore had an interception. He made his debut for the Panthers. Um, you know, so overall, you just saw uh, a game in which Matt Ryan wasn't his best self. I mean, the defense, albeit, you know, gave up field goals for the most part. Um, but this is more of a game where Atlanta just did not convert off some opportunities. And the Panthers got a huge win to keep their, like, obviously their playoff hopes right in the thick of things in the NFC. So, you know, that was a good start for them. And, you know, they're, they're sitting at 4-4 four and four now with obviously nine games to go. 
and hopefully Christian McCaffrey is returning soon because you know they're obviously entering a crucial part of their schedule, which will definitely decide their season. You know, next next four games or so might be a really telling tale of how the Panthers might do this year. We had the Buffalo Bills, um, you know, complete their season sweep of the Miami Dolphins by winning 26 to 11. Buffalo kind of started slow. Um, but they once they got it going in the second half, they kind of took away any part of this game that was close. You know, Allen obviously had a couple of touchdown passes, uh, one on the ground. You know, but Buffalo just kind of stayed patient with their offense. Obviously, you'll let it seem to be a little more explosive, not be setting for field goals. But you know, they have been able to do. You know, they played a game in which you know they they had to be done to be to get the win, right? They were methodical a little bit. They got a couple of you know key calls and. They just kind of made it work. Obviously, Miami was going to play a little bit different compared to the first time. Um, but, you know, speaking of Miami, I mean, they just missed their opportunities in this game. You know, they were aggressive a couple of downs. Could not convert those situations, right? You know, they had two turnovers in this one. They couldn't generate a lot of offense either. I mean, you know, you know, Tua didn't play like the kind of game that I thought he would play. You know, he kind of had some you know, some nice series of plays, but for the most part, they couldn't generate any kind of offense. There wasn't any kind of, um, you know, any kind of scoring that they needed. They need some timely possessions to score, and they just could not do it. I mean, albeit the defense actually played much better than I thought. I mean, they kind of kept everything in, like, one kind of, you know... It was close early, and it was kind of like interesting to see that kind of be the case early. But um, it's just more about Miami just not being able to execute. Obviously, their pass protection wasn't that great. Um, but you know, just the lack of explosive plays on as an offense at times was puzzling. And you know, Miami's kind of sitting at a spot where their season is all about done. I mean. They're at one and seven. Um, I mean, I would say a couple more losses definitely rules them out of the postseason. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where like their defense did play well for the most part, but it wasn't enough. You know, and they still are making those mistakes, um, and it's kind of like the small mistakes that they're making that continue to kind of keep them in the losing column. The San Francisco 49ers uh, won 33-22 over the Chicago Bears. They got a much-needed victory um, after, obviously, we know they were had lost four straight. You know, they got a huge win at the, on the road against the Bears. Uh, it was a game in which Elijah Mitchell, the running back for the 49ers, had a huge game on the ground, 137 yards rushing and a touchdown. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, also had a touchdown run in this game. Um, but the biggest thing was that the 49ers played a term of free football, um, right? Garoppolo didn't have, uh, I think, a turnover in this game. You know, they really, I would say, got it going in that fourth quarter, putting up a lot of points. And then the Bears, you look at this, you know, this loss for them, their defense obviously just wasn't the same. Obviously, Khalil Mack not being in the lineup. Uh, the Bears got pushed around quite a bit. I mean, Justin Fields did a lot of good things and a lot of interesting things in this game. You know, obviously did it on the ground, uh, kind of did it through you know the passing game as well. But they have one interception in this game. Uh, but the 49ers defense did did just enough to be much better. You know, they were able to 
you know, keep the Bears kind of out of their, like, usual rhythm. And so, you know, the play calling for the Bears at times, I felt like, you know, Matt Nagy could have been a little more aggressive, a little more better. Um, obviously, the, the thing that continues to be surprising about this season is just that, you know, Allen Robinson, you know, was, you know, obviously someone that you thought would be the Bears' number one wide receiver. And, you know, he's been there in the lineup. He's been healthy. Uh, just hasn't been able to produce. Um, you know, now it kind of goes both ways between, like, how the Bears try to utilize him and, you know, how they want to go about, um, you know, this offense around Justin Fields. But, you know, they just don't have it going in that aspect. And, you know, look at Chicago's wide receiving corps, right? I mean... Albeit uh, they're you know kind of young and there are a couple of interesting players, but you just don't see the Bears have that kind of vertical passing game um, be relied upon enough, right? They're using Justin Fields a lot, and he can do so much with his mobility. But this game just really he needed more help. He needed more help, and you know I don't know if it's about you know them just trying to run the offense and what the you know you know, kind of play calls, but, you know, the 49ers defense was able to kind of stay on track. They got a couple of sacks in this game, right? Their secondary didn't break down. They allowed Justin Fields to do whatever they wanted to do, but they didn't let him, like, take over when he needed to take over late, you know? So, I mean, coming for the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, at least for one week, Jimmy Garoppolo quieted the rumors about his future as a 49ers quarterback. Had yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I gotta say, uh, before I get into this one, I mean, I got quite a few picks wrong this week, but uh, hey, I'm owning it up. So, uh, so the Steelers won 15 to 10 over the Cleveland Browns. I mean, this was the kind of game in which the Browns I thought would play much better offensively. I didn't expect them to score only 10 points in this game. Uh, they had a couple of miscues, right? I mean, there was a fumble by Landry. Um, there was a couple of drop passes as well down the stretch. Um, I wasn't that Vic Mayfield played bad by any stretch. He played okay, um, but they just can't seem to produce those big plays. Now, Nick Chubb was back in the lineup for the Cleveland Browns, but the running game just wasn't as good as I thought it would be. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they got away from it or they just not, did not rely on it enough. Uh, but it was kind of surprising to see the Browns just not be able to convert on third downs in this game as much. You know, obviously another performance in which, you know, it continues to be where, like, you know, where is the production coming from? from you know, in terms of the passing point of view, like, you know, who are making those plays when needed? You know, the Steelers just played a good game. They hanged around this game. They even the Steelers even lost their I think their kicker for the game or their their kicker for the game. They just kind of stayed patient in this game. Ben Roethlisberger I think played a pretty good game all considered. He just didn't turn the ball over. I mean, you saw the Steelers just kind of work their way in the field. Obviously, find a couple of opportunities to to stay within the game and you know Cleveland is just kind of been really, you know, as a defense, they obviously um, can't make plays if you think it's to the quarterback, but, you know, there's just, there's just a lot of things kind of being done where, you know, they're just not 
being able to cover their opportunities. You know, I think you needed more. Um, you needed more from Baker Mayfield and Landry and a couple opportunities. Um, you know, it was just one of the games that Cleveland just did not play as well as they should have, and now they're sitting at the bottom of the division as of right now. Um, so they got a lot of work to do. Um, hopefully they get a little more healthy and get back on track. But this was a kind of surprising loss, in my view, for the Cleveland Browns. So in this next segment, I'm going to continue on with the recap of NFL Week 8. Uh, the Eagles... Uh, Dominated the Detroit Lions 44 to six. You know it's kind of the game where she felt like Philadelphia just got a lot of things off their chest. I mean, I thought the Lions would play much better, and you know it just feels like they just don't have enough right now anywhere on their team to like be competitive enough. I mean, last week they looked so good, right, trying to make it a game against the Rams, and then here they come at home against a Philadelphia team that obviously was kind of having a lot of questions regarding like you know their defense, their offense and you know you thought here's the game the Lions are gonna finally they like, get a win. Right? Dan Campbell's been like really coaching these guys hard and they've been really competitive in terms of like trying to make these games and then here they go and they just come out and they just don't make it a game at all. I mean the Eagles ran all over uh, the Detroit Lions. You know, you had Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, uh, you know, I think four rushing touchdowns in this game. I mean, Jalen Hurts didn't have to do much, to be honest, in this game. The Eagles' defense was pretty good overall. They made it tough for Jared Goff. Uh, he missed quite a bit of throws, I would say, in this game. A lot of opportunities, and, you know, the Lions just don't have anything other than T.J. Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift on their roster. Like, it's just... Okay, what they have is the talent from the wide series point stand of view. You know, you know, clearly after not you know you don't have Galdi anymore, you don't have you know Marvin Jones there, Golden Tate there anymore, you know, the Lions are just really having a tough time of being able to pass protect as well, get explosive plays. You know, they they have been so up and down this season in terms of how they've some of their games where they've looked so good at, at some points and other times they just look really out of it and this was a game which they really were out of it from the get-go they got behind they never could make a comeback and they could never get a chance uh, get an opportunity to like find something you know and it's just getting harder and harder for the Lions as a, as a you know as a team you know you can't even uh, say now if Stafford will even be the quarterback next year uh, I'm saying Stafford my bad Jared Goff will be the quarterback next year. I mean, you know, he hasn't played that great. He hasn't played, you know, that bad either. Just kind of been right in the middle. And this defense, you just don't see anything different right now from this defense overall. Uh, they do lack some personnel on the outside. That is a, you know, but they got bullied around, you know, on this game yesterday. And the Eagles, I mean, albeit against the Lions, they got themselves a win uh, however it came they got a win in which you know they played well to the, for the most part and Ixarani like you know you saw the good like you know the running game obviously can be a factor for this team going forward and hopefully what they did 
uh, on the, I guess the Lions can kind of carry over to against you know better teams with a better uh, you know run defense or attack a point. But that that's the next key, right? The Eagles obviously are trying to find out what they have in Jalen Hurts, um, and it comes down to how well do they continue to develop, build and develop things around uh, Jalen Hurts. You know, they've won some games which they've looked fairly okay, but you know we're gonna see if they can keep it going because they're obviously at this point in the division, I think second place. So you know they obviously have their opportunities uh, to make some ground up on the NFC East. Uh, this defense that obviously has been a little bit off and not so good, depending on the game they've had. I mean. You know, hopefully this will get them back and see if they can give this offense more of a chance against some of the better opponents in the NFC. Los Angeles Rams uh, won 38-22 over the Houston Texans. I mean, the Rams were in control from this game from the start. I mean, they had a 38-0 lead, I think, in this game. Um, you know, Stafford, obviously, three touchdowns. Uh, you just saw them just be able to dominate. Uh, they really just did not let Houston even have a chance at this one. Now, yes, all great. Houston just score points late in this game, but the Rams are cl- clearly playing really good football right now, and they're just winning against competition that they're supposed to win against. You know, after a game in which they were kind of off, right, against the Lions, they still got the win. This one, they just took it and, like, really convincingly won. Uh, their defense made some plays, you know, kind of kept everything kind of in front and you know the Rams continue to kind of build some momentum obviously they are closing in on the Cardinals um, and like I said I think in the next few weeks we'll see the Cardinals and Rams play again so uh, it's gonna really be interesting to watch how the NFC West goes right because you, know, you have Seattle and San Francisco pick up some important wins and you have the Rams who are continuing to kind of like you know get closer now after that loss to the Cardinals they're starting to get back and stay right there in the hunt so you know it should be interesting to watch how that division and how that race continues to go down towards the end of the season the Tennessee Titans uh, won in overtime over the Colts 34-31 this was a game I thought the Colts would win thought they would play up to it and play big time but Man, the Lions just, I'm sorry, the Lions, the Tennessee Titans just keep finding a way to, like, win these kind of games that come really down close to the wire. I mean, they've, actually been, they've been in a couple of overtime games this year already. And look at this game. I mean, Tannehill and Carson Wentz had identical stat lines, you know, three touchdowns, two interceptions. But the difference is that Carson Wentz's second interception came at a crucial point in overtime, which led to the game-winning field goal for the Tennessee Titans. And, you know, Carson Wentz has played much better. He's looked a little more better. Um, but, you know, this was a game in which the turnovers that were haunting him in Philadelphia uh, came back again in this game where, yes, you know, he had an interception, right, that happened towards the end of the fourth quarter. Um, and then they were able to come back and get that huge pass interference call down the field. And, you know, then they tied the game up. But in overtime... I think that pass, I, I think he wish he had that back because the through the pass that he made down there, it was an aggressive one, you know, it was kind of in a, an area in which, you know, there was a lot of, 
you know, traffic, I would say. There was a lot of traffic in that area and, you know, you just wish that he had taken the underneath route instead in, in the position, but, you know, he didn't. And the Colts obviously got a great game from Michael Pittman Jr., Jonathan Taylor. I mean, the Colts defense even played relatively well against Derrick Henry, but they could not contain A.J. Brown as well. And obviously, Hula Jones was out for this game, so you saw Tannehill make some good plays, some good throws. Um, but this is a game in which the Colts really, you know, they had their chances to win this one. And there were just a couple of spots they could not convert as an offense. But give Tennessee credit, right? They continue to find win, win games like this that are close. And, um, you know, they didn't get that monster game from Derrick Henry, but they got a good enough game from Tannehill and this kicking game towards the end to get the victory. Um, so the Colts, I mean, they missed a really good opportunity to make the AFC South a little more interesting. You know, they're not out of it yet, but it just feels like this was one, this was one that they could have had in this, in, in this game, especially where they had played, um, you know, in the first half and most of the game. The New York Jets upset the Cincinnati Bengals with a 34-31 win. I mean, what a game. And coming in, I don't think anybody expected... <laughs> the Bengals to lose this game um, but like people have been saying you know any given Sunday anything can happen and the Jets got a great performance from their uh, quarterback Mike White uh, who obviously was making his first start um, you know after Wilson obviously the injury and Mike White obviously someone who you know undrafted, was on the practice squad for the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Jets, got his first start. And obviously, look at kind of what he's kind of observed over the years. I mean, he really played a solid game, um, leading the Jets to a comeback in this victory. You know, they got, you know, their first quarter points, actually, after the first time this season. I mean, we saw Michael Carter be big time, and um, the defense actually made a big play uh, with Shaq Lawson getting a tip pass and an interception um, and the Jets were trailing by a few points um, but yeah Mike White played a really good game I mean he made those throws that he had to make um, and they just were able to do a good job of staying ahead of the chains they got a huge uh, call that went in their favor down the stretch of this game you know um, and yeah you know they Played much better. Obviously, they cleaned up some of the mistakes that they had. I mean, it still was a you know a game in which you know the Bengals did get a couple of opportunities and they scored when they had to. But you know, give them credit. Jets got a turnover when they needed the most. Um, and you know, overall, you just look at it. You know, the Bengals had a tough one. They had, they had a good opportunity to really, um, you know stay on top of the division and now it's kind of looking a little more interesting as things are looking you know going forward but you know it was a great play a great team overall with the Jets they played much stronger down the stretch than the Bengals did in the fourth quarter um, and Mike White made some really good plays uh, so that quarterback sneak was a huge play so nice way for the Jets it obviously helps Robert Sala and this team a little bit more as they're trying to figure out how to build this team going forward um, so Overall, good win, and the Bengals definitely are not there just yet as an AFC playoff team. But, you know, maybe this will wake them up, and we'll see if they can respond from this kind of loss they had on Sunday. 
you had the Patriots beat the Chargers 27-24. Man, the Chargers, I thought, would come out the bye week and play so good and everything. But Herbert, not good enough. I mean, I think he had a couple of touchdowns, a couple of interceptions. Also, a pick six at a crucial point in this game. I mean, the Patriots didn't do anything special in terms of, like, an offense. They did move the chains quite a bit. But they, you saw the Patriots just... Use on that use that running game quite a bit, right? They use that running game. I was like, McDonald's made a couple of plays to move the chains. Um, I mean, but this was a game in which the Chargers had opportunities in this game to really win, and they just kind of weren't able to do so as well in that fourth quarter. I mean, you know, Herbert was frustrated a little bit. The pass defense played, um, uh, I would say, really well in terms of how they were able to like. You know, show up some things and clean up some things overall. Um, but man, it just felt like this game, the Chargers really had a chance to just win it, and they just did not convert on a couple of opportunities. They were trailing 24 to 17. They had a chance, um, but you know, the execution, the kind of play calling, the style just wasn't as crisp, and you know. You just made some mistakes, on, you know, not being able to get in situations. And the Patriots now find themselves at 4-4 four and four, uh, with a good opportunity in the next three games to maybe make some movement in the AFC playoff race. Um, the Chargers definitely have to figure out a lot of things going forward because, you know, they just weren't able to get off the field on a couple situations. Uh, they struggled on third down quite a bit in the second half. Um, and like I said... You, know, you didn't see a, whole, a lot of big plays from Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, you know, Jared Cook. Um, that's got to change going forward if the Chargers want to make a serious run at it in the AFC going forward this season. So on this next segment, I want to continue on with recapping some of the late uh, the late games that took place uh, week eight, uh, Sunday evening. So, you look at the Seattle Seahawks. They got a much-needed victory um, over the Jacksonville Jaguars, 31-7. Geno Smith and DK Metcalf connected on a couple of scores in this game. The Seattle Hawks defense played with a really good urgency in this one. Um... You know, they just, the Seahawks just controlled the game from the start. You know, they got off to a good start, made a couple of plays to get Jacksonville off the field. And as a unit, you saw, obviously, Lockett play well. Geno Smith didn't have too many mistakes even at all. And they just really took it to the Jacksonville Jaguars defense that you thought coming after the bye week, they will be a little bit okay, a little better maybe in some spots, but more of the same. You know, they have continued to struggle in terms of, you know, the long play attempts have been really hurting their defense this season. You know, Trevor Lawrence played okay at times in this game. I mean, they started really slow. They started really slow. They lost James Robinson. They're running back to injury. Um, But, you know, the pass protection was a little bit poor. And, you know, Lawrence finished with a touchdown interception. But, you know, they just couldn't expose Seattle's defense as the way that, that they would. And... You know, the play calling a little bit, kind of questionable at times as well. But, you know, Jacksonville's obviously in a rebuilding year. And obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going to 
have the ups and downs just like as other quarterbacks will have in this draft class. Um, but they've got to find ways to, you know, sustain their offense and start looking a little bit. This was a game that they could have put up more points, in my view. The Denver Broncos won 17-10 to over the Washington football team. Um, the Broncos obviously... Um, you know, got this win. It wasn't a pretty win at all. Both teams missed opportunities in this game to score. You know, I uh, think that the Broncos were just in a better position uh, to kind of, you know, avoid those mistakes and get over those uh, early costly mistakes and win. I think there were two blocked field goals um, that Denver had on Washington. And, you know, Taylor Heineke obviously has been up and down. And you just kind of see when he plays up and down like this that, they just aren't going to be able to win games like this. And, you know, this is a game in which, you know, Denver really needed to get. And they did by just playing much better towards the end. And Bridgewater looked much better than he looked a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, Denver's trying to do something. Obviously, they have to clean up and get a little bit better. I mean, hopefully Jerry Judy will be back and healthy and getting back into it. But they played a good game overall just in terms of doing where to take right. And there was obviously a fumble or so, I think, so by the Denver Broncos running back towards the end. But look at this defense. They got it done. They got it done one way or another, you know, just being able to kind of hold off Washington. They're big plays down the field. The Saints upset the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 36-27. You know, I really thought Tampa was going to come in and just be able to win um, convincingly. But having said that, you know, Considering how last year the Saints won a couple of games, right? I mean, they just seem to be able to play really well when it matters the most. And I got to give them credit. I thought they would not be a contending team right now in the NFC, and they are. Uh, they're right there behind the Bucks now with their win. You know, 36-27. Um, you know, both teams came out and played a big-time game. I mean, James Winston had to leave with injury, unfortunately. He hoped that he's not out rest of the year but it was a tough injury that happened and Trevor Simeon took over as Saints quarterback on Sunday and what a performance he had you know the Saints were able to do just enough to score the football most of their drives the defense came up with a huge huge pick six at the end of the game with the Buccaneers having a chance down 29-27 the Saints had no turnovers in this game 152 yards rushing and the Bucks had a lot of penalties 11 penalties for 99 yards. Now, some of those penalties were, you know, 50-50 calls. But, man, a lot of those penalties extended the Saints to drives. And the Saints were able to put up points. Put up points and get a huge pick six at the end where, you know, you know, with their home crowd and their defense, that's the kind of performance they had last year that really helped them be a big, a big team in the NFC last year. Um, so they got a big one there and a huge win for them going forward. Um, you know, uh, but definitely the Bucks have to show up a lot, show up on defense a little bit. They got to get a little bit more healthier, a little bit better in the back end because if they're getting that many penalties, they're going to be in a lot of games just like this. And maybe that's the one way that you have to beat the Bucks is a bit trying to really go after their secondary, force some calls, but also a strong running game for the Saints really helped out in this one, and that, that was huge for them in this victory. And then you have the Dallas Cowboys with. Their backup quarterback, Cooper Rush, beat the Minnesota Vikings 20-16. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I definitely did not see that coming. 
Obviously, Dak could not go up because of the calf injury. And as a result, I mean, Cooper Rush came to the game. Did have, obviously, a little bit of a tough time with a couple things early on in this game. But, I mean, when it mattered the most, Cooper Rush found uh, Amari Cooper at the end of the game for a touchdown. And both CD Lamb and Amari Cooper came up big time in this game late. Um, you know, they really got it done. And Ezekiel Elliott actually had a huge catch and run on this third down play that allowed them to kind of keep the clock going. And Minnesota had a little bit of an issue with their timeouts and kind of, kind of extended those yards a little bit. So, you know, it was a game which Minnesota could have won. They had the offense to really expose this Cowboys defense a little bit or at least challenge them a little bit. I expected more from Adam Thielen and uh, Justin Jefferson. You know, that was something that I expected more to see out of them. But they were 1 of 13 on third down. Only 270 years of offense. You know, it was a game which Minnesota should have been able to do much better as an offense, as a unit. But they just didn't look, they look very inconsistent, really out of place. And Justin Jefferson is still getting there as a wide receiver, you know. But he can be big time. But give Dallas credit and their defense credit. They seem to play much better than they did last year. And they... Got a huge time win without their starting quarterback. You know, it was a game which Minnesota should have won on paper if you look at it. But when it comes down to it, if you can't convert on third down. If you, you sell for field goals, uh, you're not going to get anywhere. And Dallas was able to get a couple of key calls, obviously, in their favor uh, down the stretch. And, you know, Amari Cooper made a nice uh, grab there at the end zone. So look at Dallas there running away with the NFC East right now. And uh, they're looking like one of those top teams right in the NFC. Um, that no team can really sleep on. So, you know, overall, you saw a lot of backup quarterbacks start this week for a lot of teams and got some big-time wins, you know. So uh, it's going to be interesting to watch how things develop going forward, but definitely the AFC North race is more interesting now. I mean, that's something you have to watch out for. And then you look at um, everything else. I mean, the AFC West is still up for grabs, right? You know, so... Tonight's game is going to be a big one for both teams, the Giants and the Chiefs. Uh, man, it feels like the Chiefs are just going to come out and like try to you know, make a statement. So hopefully this is a good game. It's a close game. Uh, definitely the Giants need to pick up some wins if they want to have any hopes of staying in the NFC or East race. But same can be said for the Kansas City Chiefs because they're sitting at a spot where you know they are looking at possibly, you know, Going into next week's matchup. Now they have two matchups now at home, right? At this one and then at you know hosting the Packers next week. So there are games that are coming up that will be crucial for both teams, the Giants and the Chiefs. And this game tonight will be a big one. Hopefully it's a good game overall. And we'll see which team can really kind of keep their lives, uh, you know, their hopes alive in terms of the, uh, in terms of the division race uh, and their conferences.